Hey, my name's Rick, and I've been a Kylie fan since, well, the Henderson kids. And I think body language is a missed opportunity. And if you disagree with me, then go and listen to Ed Sheeran. Hey, my name is Jono. I've been a Kylie fan since birth. Um, body language in one word is innovative, and those who disagree are haters. Hi, my name's Matthew, and I've been a Kylie fan since Fever. I think body language was a really great move for Kylie, moving away from dance and disco, and those who disagree with me are very welcome to our opinion. Hi, my name's Matt. I'm from Sheffield in England. I've been a Kylie fan since 88. I think like body language is massively underrated, and I think you know, disagree with me is plain wrong. Hey, my name's Aiden. I'm from Canada. I've been a Kylie fan since uh, 2001 and I think body language is a masterpiece. Those who disagree with me are tasteless. And I'm Tim. I'm the one wearing the purple trunks. Body language was, at the time, an infuriatingly cynical attempt to capitalize on the American success of Fever. It patronized her legion of loyal fans. It left them behind in the dust. It is a prime example of what happens when Kylie is not honest about who she is or what she does best. And it's only through the passing of time with the American cash grab, now a distant memory, that the tracks can actually be appreciated in their own right. In the blue corner, we have Rick from Newcastle, Australia. In the red corner, we have Jono from Sydney, hopefully not in the nude as he was last time. In the yellow corner, we have Aiden from Canada. In the orange corner, we have Matt from Sheffield in England. In the chocolate corner, we have yet another Matthew from England. And if it's possible to have six corners, I was never very good at maths, that's where I'm still standing, suffocating with desire to finally resolve the age-old feud, body language, hit or miss. The choice is yours, my friends, as we begin the grudge match of the century. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Rick, are your KM fighting gloves on today? They are. Okay, you're wearing hot pants or boxer trunks today? Oh, I couldn't fit the hot pants on. <laughs> Chocolate cake last night. Destroyed that. Give it to me, Rick. There were promises, but what did body language actually deliver? The biggest mistake of her career. The biggest missed <laughs> opportunity to capitalise on the success of Light Years and Fever. I don't know why she delivered the album. She did. Still confuses me today. I, I just feel it was a present to America. They didn't want it. We didn't want it. I don't know why. Now, Aiden, you said anybody who doesn't appreciate body language is, quote, tasteless. Tell us why. <laughs> Way to expose me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was, that was just the, the first uh, word that oh, came no, to mind. Oh, no, don't backpedal um, now, Mr. Canadian. Stand by your words. <laughs> I, um, well, okay. So, I, I mean, I, I love the album. Um, I, I, I just love it. And uh, we mentioned what I mentioned in the last podcast i like it when kylie is a little bit more experimental matt from sheffield your thoughts on body language it was an album that at the time um took a little while to dig its way into my um i don't know the right word or my psyche or whatever it was an album at the time where i, I listened to the first half 
a lot and then maybe not so much the second half and then somehow that flipped and then eventually the album as a whole worked for me really well i don't know it's an album that now will get more repeated play than than um light years or fever will get now i i really enjoy it now i think it's just a smarter album we have another matthew from england <laughs> matthew what part of england are you from I'm actually from Sheffield as well. Oh, you're joking me. This is just... How am I supposed to differentiate that? So I've got Matt and Matthew both from Sheffield. That is phenomenal. You two have got to get down to the pub. You've got to get down to the pub together. Uh, So Matthew from England, as you're now known, um, tell us your thoughts on body language. I think it was a very brave move. Um, It was a cash-in for America, but um, can you really blame her for that, uh, for wanting to kind of get on top of Bieber and, and make money out of out of another album. I mean, it, it didn't work. Um, but for me personally, I do like the album. I, I actually prefer it to Light Years. It didn't deliver on what it was supposed to do overall. But for me, I, 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 it, 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 it's a middle-ranking album for me. What, I, was, I it, what, like what, it. what was it supposed to deliver, do you think? Um, it was supposed to deliver a hell of a lot of hits and generate a hell of a lot of money. You asked the question there, can you blame her for wanting to, to capitalise on Fever? And no, I can't blame her. I want it to be a hit in America, don't get me wrong. But my problem with this was that America loved her for the sound of Fever and then they discovered all her back catalogue from that point forward. And then she pandered to them with this album. When you were on the back of Fever and you were a fan in her corner and then she abandons you for this American, in inverted commas, flavour, just for the sake of capitalising, she forgot America fell in love with her for what she'd produced before that point. 100% agree. Slow was a really good lead track, but I think Slow was completely different to the rest of the album. Exactly. I think if if Slow, if every other song after Slow on the album was a lot like Slow and in that sort of genre, then I think we had another fever hit on our hands. But body language... Oh coming from Australia, being a massive fan for over 30 years, and then being given body language, it was like a slap in the face, to be honest. It wasn't pop as far as I was concerned. I think it was just a big cash grab. Jono, you're probably champing at the bit there. <laughs> well, this is all news to me, actually, because I didn't know anything about how this is an Americanized. So we need to explain for the people listening that Jono was probably only uh, a twinkle in the postman's eye when this came out. Is that right, Jono? <laughs> Something like that? I think I was probably only like 10. You were very young. You were very young. Yeah. So this is all. This is an education for the young'un, isn't it? I just, it's not news to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for him to defend there, Rick. I think we've got Jono speechless. Yeah. That's one point for the red corner, I've got to say. <laughs> Aiden. How are you going to defend ding, this? Ding, ding. <laughs> I, I don't know, actually. You are but, one of these uh, Americans slash Canadians that she was pandering to. And funnily yeah, enough, guess... you lapped it up. You, you, She actually achieved yeah. her purpose. There's Aiden over in Canada That's with his tongue hanging well, down to the ground. Well, this is the first time kind of like hearing these other perspectives. And I guess maybe, yeah, I guess, you know, maybe I did lap it up a little bit. But over time, like it's been, it's, stayed one of my favorites there was an absolute disaster in kylie camp after the release of slow okay yes it got to number one there was uh sorry after the release of body language 
And that disaster, there was panic. There was, uh, you could hear it in the tone of Kylie's interviews at the time. She said, hang in there, fans. There's more to come. Wait for the second single, which was Red-Blooded Woman. There was panic in her tone. There was panic from Parlophone. They knew they'd gone down the wrong track. I, I, it's, it's an album. I sort of feel sort of dead defensive here. Everyone being so slightly sort of negative about it. I, I really enjoyed that album. I sort of thought it was one step. I have to say, I sort of thought I enjoyed the body language sort of period slightly more than the fever period. If, if for no other reason, then the fever period felt a little bit, as someone who was a long-term fan, felt a little bit like us Kylie fans who had been sort of um, shoved out of the way in terms of the you know we sort of the sort of, uh, ca- the, the, ca- the casual the casual pop fan has sort of come in and said right we're Kylie fans now we're we're all like Kylie and it's like hello we've been here from the start hi yeah people like here. Aiden that's right um, we co- we kind of you know a lot a lot of bandwagon fans I guess we'd call them yeah jumping on the bandwagon the I agree so uh, in, yeah. in my defence. <laughs> I didn't know who the hell Kylie Minogue was. <laughs> I don't yeah, think a lot of other fair. people did here either. <laughs> yeah, no, no puns were about. It was it's like when other people who um, who would spend the years slagging her off, and all of a sudden when she was called to like, all decided they, they liked her all of a sudden. As far as the style is concerned, it's it's. I think it's still pop with an R and B flavor, as opposed to an all and out R and B album. But I sort of remember at the time that's where a lot of quote unquote pop music was was heading anyway and a lot of american influences coming over by people who hadn't had success in america it's just where pop music was going matthew from england um we don't mind saying that you're you're right into chart statistics particularly those in the uk can you tell us a little bit about how body language fared uh yeah of course um so the album peaked at number six um and it did go platinum it sold about four hundred thousand copies which is very good but um, I'm sure it was very disappointing uh, from what she'd just come down from. Yep. Um, Slow went to number one, um, but two facts about that single. It's um, actually her most recent number one in the UK, so she's not wow. had one for a long time. Wow. Yeah, and um, it's her lowest selling number one that she's ever had in the UK. I heard that. Now, that's uh, not necessarily all on Kylie's shoulders, isn't it? I mean, this was the era of the download and, and pirating was big. So it was the lowest yeah. selling number one single at the time. Well, it's, it's her lowest number one selling single. Um, there have been a lot more lower selling singles since ah. and, and around the time. Red Blooded Woman went to number five um, and Chocolate number six. So at this point, um, she'd still had a very strong um, link of top 10 singles in the UK. By today's standards, that's not a tank at all. That's a huge success. If Golden did anything like that, we'd all be cheering, right? We'd be saying she's back, she's bigger than ever. But because it was on the back of Fever, the comparison was harsh. Absolutely. Yeah, we can't really expect those kind of figures today, I don't think. But yeah, back then... This one, I have to say, is probably the easiest album I've ever made. And some time ago, I would have thought that it has to be difficult in order to be good. But no, I don't think that anymore. Um, I I think that having signed with Parlophone and done Light Years and Fever fairly quickly themselves, um, we've done all the groundwork. So getting to this point... We've, we've done our homework and, and this one was fairly easy. I mean, it's not to say it's without its moments, but we did it pretty swiftly, about six months. For a start, I've worked with some writers and producers that I've worked with before, so that, that's, e- that's like 
a reunion. I walk into the studio and we're all so happy to see each other. We know where we stand and what we do best and um, and how to work. So that reduces a lot of time. And I, I just think that I've done two pretty major tours um, fairly recently and I don't know, I've, I feel like I'm on a roll. So this one was very, very enjoyable and I'm extremely happy with the result. What do you make of Slow as a lead single for Body Language? I think it's probably one of her most iconic songs outside of, you know, Can't Get You Out of My Head. And the video is just everything, to be honest. The entire sea of people on the towels is very much like what she did with All the Lovers. Rick, it's interesting with Slow, it was shot at a pool in Barcelona. I have a recollection that Kylie, after it was shot, wasn't entirely happy. She didn't hate the, the video, but it wasn't quite what she'd conceived. It was a really strong single, like it sold so well. But what I was afraid of was the reason it sold so well is because um, of the success of Fever. So um, it comes out, and like like we said previously, you had a lot of fans that, that just sort of jumped on the bandwagon. So um, I don't think it's her strongest lead single ever, but I think that it was the single that should have led the album, and I'm glad it did. Stylistically, the look for Slow and the whole uh, imagery of body language was phenomenal. Like she looked amazing, arguably better than Fever when she already looked top notch there. Here in, uh, well, here in Canada, unfortunately, it is her last hit to date here. Uh, well, well, top 10 anyway, it went to number six uh, here. Um, I, I love it. I just, remember hearing it for the first time and I was just like oh she she did it again and you know it's just uh the the whole synth uh throughout it it's very 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 sexy it is I think it's a very Kylie track still at its core I think it was the perfect choice for the lead single uh I like the video uh as well and like you said she looks absolutely Amazing, you know they kind of the fans dub it um, Bardoli, um, like Bardo Kylie. Yes, um, yes. During the time, like Bridget Bardo, mm. very, very, and she, I mean, she herself has, has discussed that. If you're expecting sort of Fever Mark Two, I think Slow um, sort of shook you up and made you listen. Now, with me personally, it took a few listens to get my head around it. Um, but I love that. T- I love that song now. It's it's interesting how it's equally sort of retro. It reminds me a bit of sort of early Yazoo sort of stuff, and yet it's very sort of minimalistic and futuristic at the same time. It's something that um, I know some people didn't quite get, but if in years following with people like Larue and and things like that, the sort of min- minimalistic part became a thing years later. I think it was ahead of its time. I really do. Track two on the album is Still Standing. Now, this is the track that she actually opened the Money Can't Buy album launch performance with, perched upon that big uh, level with clicking her fingers and the the projections of pop and all that sort of stuff behind her. It was a great start to that concert. Who remembers that? To be honest, I think it should have opened up the album. Um, It's got that very distinctive intro and and the lyrics, I think, relate to the whole album. So, um, welcome to this sound. We're going to get down. That's um, why she opened the show, you. isn't it? Yeah, it's quite quite symbolic, the lyrics. Uh, pe- pe- people say it sounds like a Prince song too. I could never quite hear that myself. No, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite a Prince fan. And I, no, I, I, I can't hear that. Um, 
but um, I, I certainly didn't see it as single material. I actually completely agree. It should have opened the album um, instead of slow. I think it really um, encompasses the album really well. I love that it opened uh, the Money Can't Buy show, and I think if she did a full tour, it would have opened the tour as well. Um, it wasn't written by her, but I think it really catches her career at the time. If you, if you listen to the lyrics a little bit, you know, do you want to hear me sing pop? Uh, it's, it's kind of a little bit bitchy almost. It's like, you know, <laughs> saying, you know, maybe, you know, I'm not going to give you another fever. This is what I'm doing now. At the time, maybe it was a little bit of a bitch slap, like, you know, I'm still standing well, on, you know, I'm back. Guess who's back on top? You know what? Haha, <laughs> you know, here's my new album, and it's not another fever. Track three on the album, Secret, Take You Home. Kylie back, one boy girl comes to mind here, Kylie rapping. I always get a little funny look on my face when I think of Kylie rapping. It, it amuses me and it delights me at the same time. <laughs> Buckle up, <laughs> baby, feel my speed, Rick. I, I like it. <laughs> I like it. The lyrics are pretty cool too. But that's it. That's really. it. I thought it was a missed oh. opportunity for a single if she was to for a fourth. Because it only this actual album only spawned three singles. Whereas with, you know, you get to Light Years and you get to um, Fever and that's five and four singles there. And it comes yeah. down to three and you're kind of like, oh... I can categorically say, even though it's not on the record, that they abandoned this project. That's why we only got the three singles. They abandoned it. They just ran. And they abandoned it through the tour, too, because if they if they did intend to tour with it, and there's no evidence of that, but if they did, they abandoned that, and they went down the greatest hits track instead. I would have loved to have been behind the scenes during this project, because there was panic, there was chaos, there was recalculations, recalibrations the whole way through. They just didn't know what they were doing. Promises is track four on the album. My least favorite on the album. Um, I think it's a little bit, a little bit fillerish. Get to the next track. I think it sums up the album really well with the first verse. Remember how it used to be. Remember how you promised me that life would always be good. Oh, is this her talking the fact to the fans? to me. Yes. <laughs> like you've just taken what was fever and light years brilliant pop and you've just thrown it away for the sake of money oh good on you rick well done nicely picked it was a secret poem to her fans her disenchanted fans right exactly (laughs) (laughs) track five sweet music this is the return of karen pool her longtime collaborator um who wrote wow amongst many other different songs in kylie's back catalog sweet music what do we think of this this is the best track on the album it is. It really is. Like, I, look, maybe it could have been a single, Like, but like you said, they abandoned it. <laughs> they, they hit send and they ran. It's really just so sexy without actually being overtly sexual. And this is a song about writing a song, apparently, because there's lots of references yeah. to things that normal people like uh, me, and that's the first time I've ever been described as normal, wouldn't understand things like put the fair light on the track things like that a song about writing a song fantastic um i really really like the bridge in the song the um and we can go crazy like that yeah you know, like that i really it's like that fun. Um, it's fun probably could have been a single because of because it, it, it's very commercial 
it absolutely could have been and should have been a single. It's it's, and I imagine I, I can imagine a video being done to that. It could be so so good. But they shot themselves in the foot from the start with that by sticking it as a B side to slow on a on a CD single in the UK. So you, you give away your best track for free from the off start. Ah. I think if this, I think if this album, I'm hearing everyone saying about the Americanism and cynical and, and things like that. I think if there is anything to be said about this album, this is the first sign that someone in her marketing team or someone at, at Parlophone doesn't know what they're doing at times because someone should have picked up on this and said, no, 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 this has got to be a single. And, and just let it be given away for free. It's sort of one of the earliest sort of fuck ups and excuse or mess ups excuse me in terms of um in terms of uh that side of things um yeah why was this one given away for free it makes no sense single number two caused a furor on the kylie fan forums at the time there were so many people angry even though this is a classic song red-blooded woman it was so maligned at the time people just were furious that this had been chosen as the second single and every fan worth his salt or her salt at the time was saying the same thing she's choosing this because this is meant to be the cracker for america it wasn't it, it wasn't the cracker song for america I don't, didn't I, work did it charted did it chart in america i don't think it did no nope, didn't even uh, work. It, it did on the ta- on the dance chart but not on, on not on the hot 100 the silver lining to this, of course, is the video clip. I mean, does everyone agree with my thoughts that this is... Uh, it's a fantastic video clip, very slick, very professional, very American, uh, but can be forgiven because it was really well executed. Really, really good video, yeah. I, ad- I adore the video. I think it's one of her best. I, I adore the song. I think it's one of the... Uh, it ranks amongst the highest ones for me as well. I, I, the video is just superbly well-directed, some great... Um, visuals, especially with the lighting, I think in the, is it in the truck bit towards the end, things like mm, that. Mm. The only thing that doesn't, the only thing about the video, if it, if I have a slight niggle with it, is um, the little dance routine bit, which just um, is fine for what it is, but it doesn't quite fit in with the narrative or everything that helps is happening in the video. So that just stands out a little bit for sort of mm, this takes me out of the. Um, it's take it's sort of your your sense of disbelief if you like is sort of cancelled out by that little dance routine because it just doesn't quite make sense and it's not like it it's a dance routine they ever repeat, repeated or saw again in any concert for uh, any concert so sure. but to the song the song i don't know i don't remember any backlash about the song too much apart from a lot of people talking about it had elements of um survivor by destiny's child oh, and yes. um it was a justin timberlake song i can't remember which one it was with the do, 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 do bits. Um, that sounds like all in, of his back catalogue. Being all fans, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I think I think I think Red and Roman better's both of those songs. Anyway, I, it's 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 absolutely one of my favourites. Um, and for any number of reasons, I mean, there's that adorable, cute little uh, reference to "Spin Me Around" by Dead or Alive, which is just fantastic. Yes. I mean, yes. Yeah. Is this song a rejection anthem? Like, is it like um, you know the lyric how it's like um, I want to keep freaking around. I want to get down. I'm a red-blooded woman. What's the point of hanging around if you want to keep turning it down? You're saying this is a woman trapped in a relationship. She's going up yours on No, leaving? no. It's about a woman that wants, uh, how to put it lightly, she wants dick. And <laughs> she's not getting yeah. it. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. Quietly. Quietly. Well, that would explain the you know, choreography. No, it's, 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 kind of like a, it's kind of like a Britney song where it's like, I mean, let's be real with ourselves. Most of Britney's songs are about dancing in a club. 
<laughs> and then meeting a guy, and but really kind of Kylie seemed to take it in a different direction where she's actually not getting what she wants. That's what I think it's about. As they used to say on Fast Forward, I think there's something in that for all of us, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> we, moved to, we moved to track seven, sorry, Jono, you're awesome. You're very good. Uh, track seven is Chocolate, which was also the third single on the album. This is, there's some amazing mixes of this song. I, I like the track. Uh, there was a rapper on one version of this song too, not the album version that is. The video clip is pretty sleek as well, if not a little bit repetitive. And of course, I don't know if, I don't think it's divisive. I think every fan loves the little hat that she wears in the middle of this clip. Am I right? Or am mm, I wrong? With the dancers? Yeah. Yeah. So goddamn sexy. Like, I know I've been really negative towards this album. But I really love this song. Like, this song is the song. Like, it's in my top five songs of all time. Love it, love it, love it. Um, I know this is another one, like, coming to my world, where it is, she decided to re-record the vocal for the single version. Um, I don't know why. There's nothing wrong with it. The blend of the, the layered vocals um, in the album version was... It just sounded absolutely heavenly. The lyrics make sense. There's no throwaway lines or filler lines. For all the sort of... Uh, divisiveness of this album I think the singles on this album are actually, actually are really really strong Thank you I remember her saying um, that this was actually the hardest song to record on the album Yes, but she struggled vocally with this one the most and she was stuck in a booth, it was hot, she had no fan. I remember that, I'm glad you mentioned that. And yeah, she said it was, she wasn't looking forward to performing it live, I remember her saying, because it was a very layered song that took a long time to record. Yeah, and then she decided to release it as a single and perform it live. <laughs> <laughs> she does like to punish herself, let's face it. Now, Obsession was apparently uh, controversially written or referring to James Gooding, who Kylie fans, just like Joshua Sass, don't particularly like because he sold his story about his relationship with Kylie Minogue. She never confirmed or denied that Obsession was about James Gooding, but what do we make of the track? Oh, I love a diss track. <laughs> I really like the song. I kind, of, I kind of feel like it's also a diss track to like, um, people that just really kind of really just cling on to their um, partners like they are a possession. I think the lyrics are very poignant. Uh, if you like diss tracks, you must be a Tay-Tay fan then, are you? Taylor Swift, no. God, no. All, all she writes no. is diss tracks. <laughs> Everything's about the last one she slept with. Back-to-back -back diss tracks. Go and look her up. You'll love Albums forever. <laughs> oh, I know. I do listen to her music, but I don't pay for it. Oh, cut that out. Cut that out. I'm going to get a subpoena. I'm going to get a subpoena in the oh, mail. Hang on. FBI knocking there, Jono. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I Feel For You is where Kylie seems to sort of drop her marbles, lose her marbles, or whatever you say. She goes a bit quirky here, doesn't she? She goes a bit strange on I Feel For You. This I don't is actually know what... Sorry, my go on. This is one of my favourite Kylie tracks of all now, time. I'm starting to think every time Kylie loses her marbles... You, your tongue rolls I down to the like floor. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a theme here. This is one of my favorites since my my very first listen of the album, and I think she completely missed the opportunity to perform it live. Although I think it would be very challenging live, actually, to cre recreate. And I didn't know for years what the the, the backing vocalist was, was yeah. saying in the song. What was um, she saying? I think it's like like 
the rainbow or something like that i think um on the interview disc i think she's actually asked um that came out for the time um um, what the sa- what the sample is? It's a sample of something, and even she doesn't know. <laughs> I think I think on that, he, I think on that even she says, "Oh, I just I just do what everyone else does," and just goes <laughs> when she's singing along to it. Um, it works, whatever it is. I think it works. It's a it's a curious song, but I I kind of like it when she does things that's sort of left of center. This is my favorite song on the album. I know I said sweet music goes off, but like there's something so weird and experimental and like soundtrack about this. And that kind of that that I don't want to make the sound because it's so embarrassing. But like that weird backing track is Can like. Can you try, Jonah? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know what it is. But like, and I don't know what she's saying. But honestly, it just kind of really fits the song. And I don't even know what the song's about. Like, I could. It's one of the few ones where I don't actually analyze it. I think they just got someone in the studio by accident who happened to be choking on a peanut. <laughs> and then they thought, I'm going to use it. That sounds good. <laughs> Very musical, that choking. Uh. <laughs> or a corn hey, dog. Kylie, we've got this for your album. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. Um, I think it's very boring, to be honest. Um, it's, I think it's one of the weakest songs on the album. I think it could benefit from being a minute shorter or so. I agree with you that it's probably a little bit bland, but I think out of all the tracks on the album, this has the best lyrics. I really do. I, I don't know who wrote them, if she wrote them, someone else, but I mean, they're just sensational, the lyrics. They're so real. You have, you have abused and used me. Now I'm going home. I want my records back to get my heart on track. You think I can't be alone. Well, this woman's here to show you all. How dare you say I will be back one day. You've taken me for granted. It's time for me to say. I absolutely love the lyrics. They're so raw and so honest and such a real relationship. Not 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 a Hollywood relationship for a change. This is a real, I had a relationship with someone down the road and she turned out to be a psycho and I've got to go and get my stuff back. <laughs> We're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> Thank you. I think You're this is a good example man, Matthew of... From uh... England. Sorry to interrupt. I just have to say this. Matthew from England, you, you're just wise. You're just wise. <laughs> well, you, you have to pick your battles, don't you? <laughs> Very good. Someday, who else wants to say something about that? I was just uh, just about to say, I sort of think this is one of those songs, with what you're saying about the lyrics, I sort of think this is one of those songs where a little bit more grown up, I can't imagine this song being given to um, a teeny bopper pop singer at the time and them successfully pulling it off at the very least. Is this the one, by the way, with the uh, gentleman from Zig Zig Spugnik blending a vocal? Is that on this one? Oh, listen to the silence. Yeah. There's a male vocal in there somewhere, right? I'm, I, it's been a while since I've listened to it. I must admit, I don't think it's, I think it's this one, but I know if it's six. There is a male vocal. A, yeah, it's a guy. I forget the dude's name. I apologise, but it, I think it's a guy from Six Six Book Nick, and it's um, who apparently that that was apparently a reference point at the start of the album's conception, anyway. So it's interesting that that he managed to get in there. I, I think that's. I know. I, I think that's quite cool. I do like this song. I think it's. I think the the last three tracks on the album is is a nice sort of cool down. It's definitely a much more mid tempo album. Now, Loving Days, which is track eleven on the album, this is held up as a bit of a masterpiece by a lot of Kylie fans. I think this is definitely one of the standouts from the album, and um, 
don't think I'm going insane when I say this, but uh, I think of um, forests at night, um, caves and cold weather, but something very warming from all of that. Uh, I think it should have ended the album. I think it's an absolutely spectacular track. Strong imagery, beautiful lyrics, and it obviously creates that sensation for you too, Matthew. Well, this is the track that she used for that EP to promote her perfume, wasn't it? It was uh, Darling. Darling. Oh, Darling. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yes. She's put like three tracks from this era onto um, EPs to promote the actual perfumes and stuff because she has like... Yeah. So this is where I first listened to the song, actually, because I was looking at the single cover and she looks really sexy. Not single cover, the um, EP cover. I think it's it's begging to be performed. I I would love to see her do it. It's definitely... Um, it, it, I think it's a little bit uh, kind of the album's kind of ethereal moment while being... Even though it's a lot more down-tempo. Down uh, I, I love it. After Dark. Now, this was written by Kathy Dennis, who also had a part in writing Can't Get You Out of My Head, the biggest single of Kylie's career. But this is another song that's, you know, divisive, I think. I, I personally love After Dark. I love the body language performance of it. But lots of fans talk about this should have ended up in the bin, yet alone the last album track. I like it. I really do. I like it. I think that it's one of the the strongest tracks on the album. I really like it too, actually. I remember seeing she did it a few times on TV. I think she did it on the she did it on the top of the pop special at some point. I think she did. Yeah, yeah. she did. So, so, so we were almost almost teasing a fourth single. So uh, that adds credence to the whole. It got dropped. The, the whole campaign just getting dropped because it looked like that's where we were going, and I wouldn't objected to that. Um, if that had happened, um, Kathy Dennis apparently loved it enough to just charge into Parlophone Studios with, with it, saying, "I've got this track for Kylie." I really like it. About the only, the only thing that sort of especially niggles at me slightly is those, is um, hopefully someone can quote it better than I can. Uh, the first couple of lines on the second verse um, is it tempting? Everything about you is so tempting. Yes. Yeah, it right. is. Yep. Yeah, which I don't know what when Kathy wrote the song but obviously that sounds very much like um, was it Hearsay or the other guys from one of the comp- competition um, I think what it was you know the other ones did it sexy everything about you is so sexy so obviously that sounds very very similar and a lot of people picked up on that wow. at the time that was the biggest that was the biggest uh, talk I remember about the song um, but no I really really like it an interesting tidbit too and I don't know if it's confirmed or not but Kathy Dennis who wrote this song and for those who don't know Kathy Dennis she was a pop star in her own right in the 90s apparently she did backing vocals for this track as well hmm. <laughs> everyone's very excited <laughs> by that <laughs> Kathy who? <laughs> I, I imagine that's true and I, and I love Kathy Dennis's um, stuff in the early 90s I've recently got the expanded edition it's out now if you don't get it where would um, Kylie be if she'd recorded Toxic by the way where would she be oh I know I was just thinking I'm like think. oh where would she be <laughs> I, I think in in regards to Toxic I, I think it uh, sometimes people say you know it would have given her a hit but in in America and here anyway but I, I think uh, it wouldn't have I mean if you look at Britney Spears who has been popular over here since the beginning of her career you know they're, they're different pop stars and they and they're different um, styles as well I think 
I I don't think Toxic would have would have necessarily been a hit uh, for Kylie at all. If she was, and if, even if she had recorded it with the rest of body language, I I don't. It may have you know it may have just ended up as a B side or something of that nature because yeah. I can't I can't as you know as good as a pop song as it is and I'm not a Britney fan really, but as good as a pop song as it is, I can't see where it would fit in on body language. It would sort of stick I think out she would have saved it for um, Ultimate Kylie. That would have been a good call. That would have been a yeah. good call. The question to you all, do you listen to this album? Yeah, more than I do Fever and Light Years, yeah. Yeah. No, no I listen to it in full all the time. I swear it's like a, like a routine. Like once every month I sit down and I put on Body Language and I listen to it from slow through to um uh, through to you make me feel actually because here in canada we got um two two extra tracks we we got cruise control and you make me feel slow motion was the final track on the australian version of the album we'll talk about some of these b songs so we had slow motion you make me feel which i love that's another bit of a quirky song i love city games uh, which was on the chocolate cd uh single i it's it's one of my favorite Kylie B sides, actually. And it, it, interesting to note that uh, uh, before the um, album came out, there was like a review or something of the City Games album. Does yes. anyone know about that? Yes. Yeah. The City Games album, and like this is Kylie's new album that's coming, and then City Game, Games ended up being a B side on, on the Chocolate single. I, I really like it, though. I think it's very, um, I think it's definitely one of the a song that represents what she was going for. You know what's strange about this album? There's no Steve Anderson. Like, um, he didn't produce any of the songs on the album at all. And I think that's where they went wrong. I think that's where they sort of lost their way a little bit. And But they did bring him in to do uh, the Money Can't Buy show. I, I think the album just lacked Steve Anderson. I, I have to say... In regards to the Money Can't Buy show, I don't know whose idea this was. I don't know if it was Kylie. I don't know if it was Steve's. But the mashup of Breathe and Jetem mm, yeah. is out of genius. Yeah. Whoever came up with that, like, biggest, like, oh, my God. Just, I absolutely one of the like actually probably my favorite live moment of her entire career. I It was so smart. To, to mash those two up and, and make it work. Ugh, oh, I just love it. And I, I wish, the, um, I wish they'd released it. Yeah, I wish, I wish we had a proper uh, either studio version or, or um, live recording of it instead of just. I, I have, I have an audio of it ripped from the DVD. Uh, I think with the Money Can't Buy show, um, I thought it was very, very good. Um, but speaking of Breed, for instance, I think my criticism of it would be but all all the best bits of that show are all her older songs i don't think she did enough to really promote body language with that show now that we've talked it through a sentence each how body language sits in her landscape and how it affects you personally we'll start with you rick i haven't listened to it in three years until last night <laughs> and i probably won't put it on again till i need to I absolutely love it. I wish she would include more of it on tour. Jono? Um, I'm always one to bring a gun to a knife fight, so I'm going to say all of you are wrong, and this is a good album. <laughs> nice, Jono. Matt from Sheffield? 
as I was sort of kind of saying earlier, it's it's, it's I. It took a while for the songs to seep in, and it got to the point where it, I was listening to half an album at the time at one point. Um, and to, to be honest, what my favorite Kylie albums are, and depending on what mood I'm in, but um, I think it, I think this one overall ranks pretty highly. I think that it's um, given a bit of a bad time. I think it's underrated. I I think it's smart, and I think it's grown up. And in an era of kiddie pop, I think it was um, a breath of fresh air. And Matthew from England. Um, Middle of the road, it's fever with a flu. What was that? Fever with a flu. I still can't get that last word. Anyone else? Flu. Uh, fever. Yeah, ah, fever, with, with, with fever with a flu. <laughs> fever with a flu. That is yes, fantastic. Yes, fresh line today. <laughs> yes, fever with a flu. I like that. I actually just just want to add. I saw one review of body language once and I think this this sums it up really well. It, the, the line was um, fans of light years will be disappointed, fans of fever will be educated and fans of Impro- impossible princess will be relieved. Oh, I, I think that, that sums amazing, it up really well. isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you're all awesome. Thank you very much. Whoever won or lost, it doesn't matter. We all just enjoyed the fight, right? Good fun. Yeah. <laughs> Any Kylie fan is awesome. a winner. Thank you all so much for your time. The next podcast, we're going to be looking at the album X, which is one of mixed emotions for fans because, of course, it came on the back of uh, Kylie's absence for many years, uh, having had cancer, and the promise of a very personal album. We'll be looking at X in our new series, but thank you very much, everyone here. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thank guys. you. Most welcome. Thanks, guys. Bye. See ya. Bye.